It's uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. On page 1, 2, 1, 8. And we're beginning at verse 4. As you come to him, that's Jesus, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Alex is a member of a church in London, and he works in London, he lives here. And he takes his Christian life pretty seriously, and he wants to live a holy life. So he says, actually, it's too difficult to live in the world. He separates himself off, so he doesn't have very many non-Christian friends. And his colleagues don't really know if he's a Christian. And his church, it's kind of closed, it's, uh, it's hard for people to join, because the world outside is too dangerous and it may infect the church. I wonder what you would say to Alex. Do you think he's right? Or would you want to correct his thinking? Sarah is also a Christian in London. And she wants to get involved in the world outside. She wants to get involved in society and in the culture. So everyone knows she's a Christian, her friends know. And she spends time with them. And it was difficult at the start because she wouldn't do the things that they wanted to do. But over time, she started to slowly do those things. And as they gossip, she joins in. Um, As they uh, think things and talk about things that Christians shouldn't, she joins in. I wonder what you'd say to Sarah. Do you think she's right? Or would you want to correct her? Well, those are two pretty common responses when the Christian life gets difficult. Either withdraw, separate off from people outside because it's too difficult. Or like Sarah, just become like the world and join in with what they're doing. Life's pretty difficult for these people that Peter's writing to. Do you remember back in chapter 1? He called them 
scattered Christians. He says, the elect exiles scattered throughout all these provinces. Not only scattered, but suffering Christians as well. He said to them, and I'll read the verse, he says, now for a little while you've had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. It seems for these churches there is a difference between the church and the world. There's a difference between Christians and the world. And as we look at what Peter says to these Christians, these churches, we're going to find it really helps us today. Because today there is a difference between the church and the world outside. And it's that difference that causes difficulty for us. What is it that makes the difference? Well, here's my first point. The difference is created by Jesus and how people respond to Jesus. He was rejected by the world, but chosen by God. So if you just look at verse 4 in chapter 2, we see very two different responses to Jesus. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. Peter describes Jesus as the living stone, and the image here is of a building site. And he says God is in the, the, the work of building something. He's, he's constructing a house. And what's, Jesus, what's God's attitude to Jesus in terms of this building? Well, Jesus is the foundation stone, the cornerstone. There's a photo up here on the screen of a cornerstone. And as you can see, it kind of it was the first stone that was set down, and it set the direction for all the other stones. And if it was right, then the building would be good. And if the cornerstone was ignored or wasn't quite right, then the building wouldn't work. And Jesus is the foundation stone. You see that in verse 6. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, in Jerusalem, a chosen and precious cornerstone. What's God's attitude to Jesus in terms of this building project? Jesus is chosen and precious to God. And the building project isn't about bricks and mortar. It's about people. Jesus is the most important person in the building. But he's not the only person. And so we are part of this building too. In verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house into a holy priesthood. How do we become part of this building? Well, it's as we trust in Jesus, as we come to him, you're made living stones with him. How do you become part of the building? Verse 6. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. The one who trusts in Jesus will find a place in this house. Verse 7. Now to you who believe... The stone is precious. As we trust in Jesus, we're made part of the building. But there's another building project going on. It's not just God who's in the process of building something. Human beings are in the process of building something too. And they have an attitude towards Jesus. What is their attitude towards Jesus in this building project? Verse 4. Again, the living stone is rejected by humans. The human builders, they look at Jesus, they examine him and they say he's not fit to be built on. He's not good enough for us. And so they build without him. 
And how did they reject him at first? Well, they rejected him by crucifying him. But God chose him and set him in place and raised him from the dead. And so he's called the living stone. And verse 7, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The most important stone in the building, even though they rejected him. So there you go, two different responses to Jesus. Two different responses to this stone at the centre of the building. And that's what makes the difference between the church and the world. Do you see? It's a response to Jesus. Well, of course, you don't need me to tell you that people today still reject Jesus. He still causes them to stumble. But why does Peter remind the churches of this? I mean, it's an obvious point, isn't it? They're suffering for Jesus. He doesn't really need to tell them that people reject Jesus. They know that. But why does he tell them? Why does he say it's so important to remember this? Because the church is rejected by people, but chosen by God, just as Jesus was. You see, what happens to Jesus happens to you if you're a Christian. What happened to the living stone happens to all the other stones as well. Just as Jesus was rejected, so too you will be rejected as a Christian. As he was despised and scoffed at, so too you will be scoffed at and despised. If he suffered, you will suffer. But what's true of Jesus is true of you, friends. He was chosen and precious to God. And so are you. If he was raised to life as the living stone, then so will you be. And so you are, living stones built together with him. You remember two weeks ago, Steve preached on chapter one and he said, we're the church of the resurrection. God has raised Jesus to life and he's raised us with him. That is who we are. Rejected by the world, but chosen by God and precious to him. Just look how Peter puts it in verse 9. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Peter's taking language from the Old Testament and he's talking about the church today. Isn't that so surprising? These little scattered churches all over the place, so insignificant, Suffering Christians, weak. And he says, you're God's special possession. You're a holy nation. He's chosen you from among all the people. They're a little scattered suffering church. And yet, they're a chosen people, chosen by God. And holy, set apart for him. His special possession. Imagine that special possession. What is it that is so special to you? Do you know that when a child gets something, a present that's so special to them, they want to show it off to the world? You're that to God. You're his special possession. And so Peter says, this is how to make sense of your experience. When a friend rejects you because you're a Christian, or when you can't join in with the gossip down at the pub or in the community centre or when someone at work refuses you that job 
because you're a Christian. Just as Jesus was rejected by the world, you will be rejected. But remember, he was chosen, and so you are chosen and precious to God. My friends, you may suffer shame for Jesus now in this, in this life, but just look at the promise in verse 6. Do you see it in verse 6? I, I, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. That quote from the Old Testament, God is speaking to people and he's saying, here's the city and I'm going to send judgment on the city. It's going to be destroyed. But there's one building that will stand firm. My building. It's built on my stone. Will you take refuge in that building? It's the only place to be safe when judgment comes. It's the only place where you'll find refuge when God's judgment comes. He says, the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. But those who reject God's cornerstone now in verse 8, well, Jesus will be for them a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And what shame they will endure then. They may reject him now, but one day when God's judgment comes, they will stumble and fall because of Jesus. Like Jesus, we will be rejected by the world, but we are chosen and precious to God, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Isn't that what Sarah needs to remember? As she's joining in with what the world is saying and doing down in the the pub, in the community centre, or at work. Doesn't she need to remember that she is going to be rejected by the world when she refuses to be like the world? but she's precious to God. But does it mean, because we've been chosen to be God's people, to be holy, that we should separate ourselves from the world? Should we be like Alex, who just lost contact with the outside world because it was too dangerous, it was too hard, in case he became like them and stopped living a holy life? Well, no, Alex is wrong. The difference between the church and the world is real. It's for a purpose. God has chosen the people who make up this church for a purpose. We've been chosen to live for God before the world. Did you spot that purpose in verse 5? Peter says, The house God is building for himself to live in, it's a new temple. And we're like the priests who have a role to play in that temple. Do you see the purpose God has chosen for us? Verse 5. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the purpose of the house, the purpose of us being priests in this temple, is to offer God spiritual sacrifices. Now what on earth are spiritual sacrifices? Do you remember what Paul said? He said, offer your lives as a spiritual sacrifice to God. Your whole life, not just Sunday morning, but the whole thing. So in the office, in the pub, around the dinner table at home, the whole life offered to God as a spiritual sacrifice. 
That is what you've been chosen for. And just as we were able to join the spiritual house through Jesus, we're able to offer acceptable sacrifices, acceptable lives through Jesus. And he talks about this in verse 9 as well. You're a chosen people. Do you see in verse 9? You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. For what reason? To be cut off from the world? No. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, the priests not only made sacrifices, but they went between God and the world, between God and the people, so that the people could come to know God. And Peter says, be like the priests. Go between God and the people out there and help them know God. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Holy doesn't mean weird and sort of do you know the expression holier than thou? You know, someone says she's a bit holier than thou. She's a bit above the rest of us. She looks down her nose on the rest of us because she's too good. He doesn't mean that. He says be holy, be different, be distinctive from the world around you. What's the purpose? So you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We were in darkness, but we have been called into light. Do you see, would people know it as they see us as a church? Would they say, that person doesn't join in because they've been brought out of darkness into light. They've been made different. The church is different from the world around. We're called to live distinctive lives, holy lives. Lives that stand out like light stands out in the darkness. And we're being called to live whole lives of sacrifice to God. You see, when it's, this is my last point, okay? When it's difficult as a Christian in the world, it is so tempting to hide and cover up and say, I'm not going to be distinctive. I'm going to join in. But we are called to be different. We are God's chosen people. And he lives in us. Like he lived in the temple, he lives in you. So be distinctive. In order that people may come to know him. We're not cut off from the world. We want to tell the world about him. And finally, in case you think that this sounds proud and arrogant, you know, living a holy life, holier than now, it's a bit above everyone else, looking down your nose, Not at all. Do you see, we're called to declare his praises, not our own. And we are people who say with Peter in verse 10, once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. We've been called to praise the one who has shown us mercy. Not because we deserved it. That's not why he chose us. Not because we were special, but because of his mercy, he's chosen you and he's made you precious to him. So there is a difference between the church and the world. We will suffer because of that difference because people, as they rejected Jesus, will reject us. But we're called to live before the world 
like light in the darkness, like priests who make it possible for the world to come to know God, like a holy nation who show people how they can come to know God. And if you suffer while you do that this week, living a distinctive life, remember this. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, you know how difficult it is to live uh, in this world as a, as a Christian because you lived in this world and you know what it is to be rejected. I would pray that you would help us this week to perhaps suffer that rejection and yet to live a holy life, a life that shows people that we have been brought from darkness into light. And we can only do this through you, the living stone who makes us alive and gives us the ability to do this. We pray that you would help us this week. In your name we pray. Amen.